I mean, 100%, people need to stop griping and get in the game. The nation is slipping between our fingers, and I am not going to be counted as someone that sat on the sideline and watched the degradation of the greatest nation that has ever existed in the history of the world, and I, I would encourage other people not to also. I'm Bill Fian, and this is another edition of Fact Check. Today's guest, candidate for Congress, Derek Van Orden. Derek Van Orden challenged Ron Kine for the 3rd Congressional District seat, losing very narrowly in the November 2020 election. And, of course, the news this week is that you've been endorsed by former President Donald Trump. Can you tell us a little bit about your meeting with the president and how that transpired? Absolutely. Um, you know, he endorsed my campaign in 2020, which I was very thankful for. In our district, a little background, uh, he took the third district by four and a half points in 2016 and by five and a quarter points in, in 2020. It's the only congressional district in the nation in a state that President Trump did not uh, carry that he increased his percentage of the vote here in the third district. It's fascinating. Uh, so uh, I wanted his uh, endorsement, so we worked out a meeting, and uh, I flew back to New York. It was in Trump Tower in his corner office, just the two of us in this room. And for a second, uh, you know, people say when things happen, your life flashes before your eyes. And I was sitting at the desk, and I realized, you know, I was raised in abject rural poverty and dropped out of high school when I was 16, got a GED at 18 when I joined the Navy, um, and I've lived the life of a tradesman, right? And I sat there and I truly realized this is the American dream. Within a single generation, we've gone from, or I went from abject poverty, the single mom, to meeting uh, the president of the United States, the former president of the United States. And it, it was really inspiring. And, and he's very soft-spoken, uh, asked very thorough, poignant questions. There's none of the bombast or any of that stuff that you see when he's on television. You know, clearly he's making political points at that point, but he's a person that you really really want to sit down and, and have a conversation with. And that's what we did. He said that he'd endorse me again. I was very thankful, and you know, I just wish him the best in the future. That gives our listeners some insight into who you are and to our president. So the other thing that happened, it's just been a very eventful week for you, but Ron Kind now announces that he's not going to seek re-election. Do you have some ideas about why maybe he decided that he didn't want to face you a second time? You bet. Uh, look at the agenda he's been carrying. He has been carrying Nancy Pelosi's radical left-wing agenda. We have the highest uh, inflationary index we've had in decades. People are having issues filling up their gas tank and buying groceries on the same day in the United States of America. And it's very disconcerting. Uh, we've had over 210,000 illegal immigrants enter the country last month. That's three times plus the size of Eau Claire, the largest city in our district, entering the nation um, without any restrictions every single month. That is unsustainable. And no one can deny that the programs that uh, Ron Kind was doing were just massive spending the money that we don't have. It's no longer our children's money or our grandchildren's money. We are spending our great-grandchildren's money. And he was a rubber stamp for Nancy Pelosi in the House of Representatives. Here's what's going to happen. Nancy Pelosi right now is in the process of trying to identify someone to run 
on the Democrat ticket here in the 3rd District. And all they're going to do is take that rubber stamp that Ron Kine had, who actually could have exercised some autonomy in the House he'd been in for 24 years. He could have exercised autonomy, but a freshman Democrat uh, in the House right now will have absolutely no autonomy. So that rubber stamp is going to be handed just like a, a baton in a relay race from Ron Kine to whoever Nancy Pelosi handpicks to run on the Democrat ticket. So I'm running against an agenda, not a person. It seems unlikely that any known Democrats in the 3rd Congressional District are going to be interested in mounting a challenge for Congress. Most people would think about Jennifer Schilling, a state senator that represented our area for a number of years, but she's got a great job at Dairyland Power. Uh, Other people might mention Steve Doyle, the assembly rep from the 94th, but seems unlikely that he's going to want to go and commute back and forth to Washington, D.C. From my perspective, they've got a pretty thin bench, and I wouldn't be surprised if they bring somebody in from outside of the district to uh, carpet bag for this one because it sure doesn't seem like they've got much in the way of potential candidates here. So, hey, Bill, 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 let me tell you this. The Democrat bench is as shallow as an inflatable kiddie pool in your backyard. <laughs> Let's just call it what it is. Um, they've done nothing over the decades to cultivate uh, any type of real sustainable type of representation in this district. They've just assumed for over 24 years now that this district is going to go blue. They've taken for granted every single farmers, every single suburban mother, every single college student, every single minority. Uh, they've taken everybody's vote for granted, and people are sick and tired of that. That's why President Trump won this district by a greater margin in 2020 than he did in 2016. The time for the Democrat Party to just wave their hand and assume people are going to vote for them simply because of a D after their name are over. Look at what's taking place overseas right now. The, this, the, the emperor truly has no clothes, and we're seeing the fruition of decades of abuse um, of the average voter, of putting these people in power again and again and again when truly they have no business doing that. For, for decades now, the Democrat Party has had people in leadership positions without any leadership ability. It just seems like wherever we turn right now, it, it's, it's tragic, it's sad, it's demoralizing what's happening in our country. And Derek Van Orden, you served two tours in Afghanistan in 2003 and 2009. <clears throat> you lost friends there. This has to make you sick to see the collapse that's happening in Kabul right now. What went wrong with the U.S. withdrawal from Afghanistan? There was no plan. There, there simply was no plan. Everything you're hearing out of these, the Biden administration, the National Security Council, that they've planned for every uh, contingency. The president, Joe Biden, the president had the gall to stand in front of cameras and say they planned for every contingency. And that's just a lie. They did not. Uh, a, a neo, a non-combatant evacuation operation is part of the repertoire of the Department of Defense. It's something we practice regularly. It's normally a State Department-led operation, meaning they ask for it to happen, and then the Department of Defense exercises the actual actions on the ground. Um, and these are very, very well-planned normally. Uh, this clearly was not. They withdrew from the, the best air hub they had in the country, which is Bagram Airfield. It's about 30 miles as the crow flies from Kabul because the American ambassador, in, in conjunction 
with the uh, Secretary of State didn't want to have the optics of leaving the embassy and Kabul International Airport and falling back to Bagram, which had a secure perimeter, two airfields, the ability, life support uh, for tens of thousands of people on that base. All the vetting could have been done there, the, uh, the uh, quarantining for COVID, everything could have been done in the country where it should have been, but there was no plan. So you're saying that the reason this was so awful was that the plan that they chose, which really wasn't a plan, was just based on completely faulty reasoning. They they should have made their withdrawal from Bagram Air Base, but for political reasons, they did not. Is that what you're saying? 100%. They did this for political optics, not with a complete lack of understanding of the, the tactical uh, situation on the ground, which is which is unconscionable, and it's nearly borderline criminal. But I want to talk to the veterans, my brothers and sisters that have served in Afghanistan, lost friends, or maybe you're injured. We did a um, press conference here the other day with Jason Church, young man, Army captain, retired, who uh, lost both his legs in Afghanistan. Interestingly enough, the local paper couldn't couldn't drive a mile from their office to attend this uh, press conference that we had. But one of the most, I, I think personally, the probably the largest foreign policy uh, debacle that has taken place, certainly in my lifetime. Um, but the local paper couldn't make it over there, which, uh, you know, you think about that next time you sign up for a subscription. That's, that's unconscionable, especially we can have up to 12,000 Afghan refugees here. They're, they're arriving in Fort McCoy in the district already. So let me be, state a couple of things first. Uh, every person who can hear the sound of my voice that served our nation in Afghanistan and Iraq, you served your country honorably and you need to hold your head up high. Our friends didn't die for naught. Uh, their lives were not wasted. Uh, we saw the the greatest aspects of the human condition firsthand of uh, bravery, honor, courage, commitment, unconditional love. So they didn't die for anything. They died for America. They died for what we believe as Americans must transpire around the world. There's a memorial in downtown London called the Cenotaph. It was put up after World War One, and the inscription on that marble thing is it says, The Glorious Dead. And that's what I think of when I think of my friends that were killed in Afghanistan. You know, they died with glory. Um, and it's horrible. And we don't want anyone to die. But it's going to happen. It's, it's, it's an unfortunate, um, anticipated uh, byproduct of our chosen vocation. So hold your head up high. I will stand with you every day. Um, that's one thing. The other thing is this. I've had my life saved by Afghanis. My friends have had their life saved by Afghanis. Tens of thousands of Americans' lives were saved by Afghans. And this country made a promise to those Afghans that we would protect them if the Taliban were taken over. And you know what? As a nation, our word must be our bond. So I have absolutely no issue with bringing the folks here from Afghanistan who helped save me and my friends' lives. That's a debt we owe to our nation. Joe Biden has a sacred duty to make sure that every single American returns from Afghanistan that served there. And he has a moral obligation as the leader of the United States to fulfill the promise that we made to our Afghan uh, brothers and sisters that have helped us. The way that they're being moved to the United States can only be described as chaotic and unruly. Um, so we need to exfiltrate all the people that helped us in Afghanistan, local nationals. And we also have to have a plan to 
the end state of this should be uh, these people being matriculated into American society as productive members of our culture. And that's not happening right now due to a complete lack of planning uh, by the Biden administration. It's unforgivable. The Secretary of State, Secretary of Defense, the uh, National Security Advisor, and the Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff need to resign immediately. Uh, they are no longer value-added. They're actually a detriment to the mission because people don't have confidence in them any longer. Leaders fire subordinates and they say, I've lost confidence in your ability to lead. They forget that that's a two-way street. I, I, I don't know any American citizen that has any confidence in the National Security Council to uh, perform these functions that need to be done in a very rapid manner. And I certainly know zero members of the Department of Defense that have any confidence in the Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff or the Secretary of Defense right now. They need to go. I've seen a picture of you when you were serving in Afghanistan. You look just like one of the, the natives. Can, can you tell us anything about what that experience was like? Sure. What I was doing was very highly sensitive. And the reason that we would dress as uh, Afghans and have the beards and wear packles, that's that wool hat, is really to get out of small arms range, meaning have someone do a double take so that you could get at least 300 meters away from these people so they wouldn't shoot you. Um, we had very uh, small body armor on at the time that has to fit underneath these clothing. There's radios and all these things and weapons that we have. But that's the primary reason. The secondary reason is wearing a beard in Afghanistan is like wearing a Packers jersey in Wisconsin. At some level, you understand their culture, and you're willing to respect their culture to a level, and that helps open up their willingness to speak to you at a frank level, which there's no substitute for local uh, human intelligence. That's just a given. And unfortunately, another byproduct of this, this hasty withdrawal, it's not even that. It's like a, a panicked retreat that didn't have to happen. People need to understand this did not need to happen like this. But one of the things that's, that is probably going to be the hardest to replicate were, was the human intelligence infrastructure that we developed over 20 years. That, that takes 20 years to develop. And Biden threw all of that away. And the ability to conduct operations forward threw that away also. Best example is this. If Osama bin Laden was alive right now and he was in Abbottabad, Pakistan, we would not be able to go get him without making it a true suicide mission. It is tragic. It sickens me. It, it, uh, it saddens me. And I know that uh, millions of Americans feel the same way to see what has happened in Afghanistan. As this foreign policy thing is taking place, that we're not even in the middle of this. When people say we're in the middle of a disaster, we're not. This is just the beginning. Remember, we have, we have children coming into the United States that are two years old. And, you know, God willing, they're going to live till they're 80. We just picked up a 78-year problem. Don't forget that. And right now, people are focusing on Afghanistan, but all of the domestic things that were taking place under Nancy Pelosi's reign in the House are still with us. This is and yet another thing. So inflation is still crazy high. Uh, the border, our southern border, is still open. Critical race theory is still being taught to the military and to our kids in school. They're still putting mask mandates and all these other mandates on children uh, everywhere. They're still talking about not doing in-person school in several places. The Biden administration has proven that they are incapable of governing. And it's not going to get better unless people quit griping, get off the bench, and get in the game.
I mean, 100%. People need to stop griping and get in the game. The nation is slipping between our fingers, and I am not going to be counted as someone that sat on the sideline and watched the degradation of the greatest nation that has ever existed in the history of the world, and I, I would encourage other people not to also. Derek Van Orden, you'll be at the Lacrosse Lincoln Dinner coming up on September 11th. That's yeah. the 20th anniversary of 9-11. If you'd like to come and meet Derek Van Orden in person, go to lacrossegop.org, and you can get your tickets to come to that event and meet Derek personally. I'm Bill Fee, and this has been another edition of Fact Check. Join us on Facebook at Fact Check WIZM and subscribe to our podcast wherever you subscribe to podcasts. Thank you, Derek Van Orden.